Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior. So if you have a question or a concern or something you wanted to discuss behavior-related, this would be the show to call in. So I'm going to share the numbers one more time. They're 860-522-WTIC, which is 9842, so 860-522-WTIC. WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Again, the 800 is 966-WTIC. And as always, I say to people that if you don't feel like calling in, can't get to the phone, don't want to be on the radio, but somehow you might want to talk to me anyway, you can contact me by going to my website, which is loriefassdogtraining.com, and all my contact information is on there, and I would be happy to talk to you off the air, or you can send me an email, or whatever you'd like to do. So anyway, a highlighted for me right now is uh, issues having to do with puppies because as I may have mentioned on previous shows, I got a new puppy who is now about, oh, about three and a half months old. And um, this past year was kind of bad for me as far as dogs because two of my dogs passed away and one of them had a very extended illness. And so I waited probably about nine months before I got another dog. And it's not like I didn't have other dogs, but I've I've had I've usually had multiple dogs for a while. So currently I have four dogs, and the youngest of whom, as I just mentioned, is three and a half months old. And so what it's so interesting and fun, I think, to see the world through the eyes of a puppy because everything is new. And that would be true with any baby animal really. But uh, sometimes I think people forget that when they get a young animal, a puppy, a kitten, something like that. And what's amazing is how fast animals grow and develop as can 
compared to people. Uh, you know, my three and a half month old puppy is running around, running up and down stairs, jumping over things. A three and a half month old baby is just sitting up maybe. Okay. So developmentally, animals certainly grow quicker than humans do. But nevertheless, I think sometimes when I speak to people about issues they have with their puppies, they forget how very little they really know. And sometimes people will say to me things like, well, I think my puppy knows this or my puppy should know better than that. And I'll point out to them that they haven't even been on this earth for long enough for them to know much of anything. And everything's a big learning curve. And one of the things that I tell people, and this is true not just with puppies, but it's true with uh, older animals, and I think it's true with people too, is that when you're learning a skill, uh, if I were going to draw a graph representing learning something new, you want to see it heading in an upwards direction, but it rarely goes in a straight line in an upwards direction. What that means is that there's peaks and valleys. So you might do really well one day, and then maybe you're going to have a bad day, you're going to forget, you're not doing so hot, and then you do better the next time. And so as long as you're seeing that learning curve going in that direction, that's really what you're looking for. And I think where a lot of people have issues, and again, this is not just true with puppies but it's a particularly true with puppies, is when people get to one of those peaks on this graph that is the peak and valley gradually moving in a positive direction, hopefully, uh, when people reach a peak on the graph, they think, oh, oh, this is, this is good. We're just, it's all up here from now. And it's not. And then when it goes down, people have let their guard down, given way too much freedom, forgot about uh, supervision, forgot about... Uh, appropriate confinement. And then when something goes wrong, uh, because they had reached that little peak day, they think that's it. And, and we're steady right there. And that is just simply not the case. And so uh, frequently people will tell me, and again, as I say, not just with puppies, but particularly so, that they thought, for example, that their puppy was housebroken. And uh, then they give the puppy too much freedom. And then lo and behold, it's really not housebroken. So for instance, um, one of the things that uh, my puppy does, which is so typical puppy behavior, is if, I'll, if I take him outside to do his business, uh, he might see a leaf. Or he might uh, notice that one of his toys was out there. Or he might notice that one of my other dogs is doing something interesting. Uh, or he might just be tired and he might just sit down and start sort of staring out into outer space and totally forget what he was out there for. And so um, I have to be aware of does he really have to go or not? When was the last time he went? And a lot of mistakes that people make. And, you know, again, sometimes people come to me with older dogs with similar problems. But a lot of people will just take their puppy or dog and just put them out in the backyard and think that when they're out there, they're out there to you know, use the bathroom outside. And no, they could be doing any number of different things out there. Uh, and especially when you have a dog who's easily distracted or tired or whatever, um, they could be out there absolutely not doing what they need to be doing and then come in and immediately just go right on the floor because they were busy thinking of something entirely different. Okay. So I notice, uh, again, with my puppy that he has a tendency, as all puppies do, to sort of space out. But one of the things that I started very early with him, and I think this is a very helpful skill, is to train him to go on a command. And uh, the way you do that is when you are actually seeing your dog go, 
In other words, don't say it to get them to go. Say something like do your business, hurry up, whatever you want to say. When they're going, go pee. When they are actually doing it. And then they'll hear the sound when they're doing it, and then they'll get the idea that's what it is. Um, and so my puppy kind of knows what that is at this point because I've handled it like that right from the beginning. But one of the mistakes that people make in trying to communicate that is they'll say it to get their dog to go. So in other words, the dog is outside sniffing around, playing with a stick, and they're saying, do your business, do your business. So now the dog thinks do your business means look at sticks and play with leaves and roll around. Uh, I had someone tell me that they had by accident trained their dog to bark to the word quiet. Because every time their dog was barking, they were saying, quiet, quiet, quiet. And, of course, they weren't making their dog be quiet. So now their dog thought that quiet meant bark. So if they just said quiet, the dog would start to bark. So if you wanted to teach your dog to speak on a command, it's a similar kind of thing. Uh, you know, you can't open and close your dog's mouth to get them to speak. So when they're doing it, you would say the word. So, for example, um, I had a Labrador, and I trained him to speak on a command by tying him to a doorknob, which he didn't particularly care for, and then he would bark for me to let him off the doorknob. And while he was barking, I would say, speak speak, speak. And then um, I'd say, good boy, and then let him off the doorknob. And then after a while, I didn't have to tie him to a doorknob. But the point being that I would say what it was that I wanted him to do while he was doing it. So it's unlike other things like sit where I can physically position or lure with a treat. Uh, going to the bathroom and barking are similar in that way. So if you wanted to try to apply that to something that you want to teach your dog to do, it is very handy to be able to tell your dog to relieve themselves on a command. So anyway, I think maybe we are going to go to a break and we will be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass, and this is the Behavior Edition of Pet Talk. Uh, we have RJ on hold. I'm going to get to him in a second. I just wanted to share the numbers one more time. Uh, you can call into the show. Uh, we have RJ on hold, but the other lines are open. And uh, the numbers here are 860 522 WTIC. So 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Okay. Hi, RJ. Hi. How you doing? I know who you are. You have Yeti, right? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. And uh, Yeti is a beautiful white Siberian husky. And uh, the producer put on here that he's chasing wild animals. Is that what he's doing? 
Yes, like I said, you know him, so you knew how he grew up. Yes, well, just so but, people know, he was kind of uh, neglected, and I think he was catching and eating animals to survive. Is that what was the case? Correct, yes. Okay, all right. So, But you've had him for a while now. How long have you had him? Um, I've had him for about a year and a half now. Okay. He's doing great. Um, even the prey drive things, he can ignore certain things, but it's just that other times, you know, his wild drive takes over and he's going to take off after him. Do you know that when he's likely to do that and when he's not likely to do that? No, and that's the whole thing is um, when he's tied out, a squirrel can walk right by him. He doesn't pay any attention to it, but he'll be out in the woods and see one and just, you know, run until it goes up the tree and tries to go up the tree with it. <laughs> okay, and, well, when we were working with him, because, you know, just so people know, you took him through a lot of classes and you did a lot of work with him and he came a long way and he's looking good and healthy and beautiful. And one of the things we did with him was uh, work with him with a remote collar. Yes. Okay, so are you still doing that? He, um, yes, and that's the problem. He doesn't wear it all the time. Oh, um, yeah. RJ. <laughs> yeah, so if he, he had if he had it on and you wanted to stop him, would you be able to? I have tried before and he's actually run right through it. Um like I said, it actually takes quite a bit to get him to stop. Okay, well, um, keep, keep in mind a couple of things. Um one is if you hold your finger on the button for longer, it's going to work better or it's going to Better is kind of a funny word. It'll it'll send a stronger signal as opposed yeah. to if you tap it. Yeah. Okay. And if you want him to just stop, he's had enough training that if you pretty much cranked it up and just held your finger on there, that that's going to work better. Right. Okay. So, because I think when we were t training him, we were tapping it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if the way the collars work, you know, and I know this because I put them on my own arm, test them out, okay, um, is if I tap it and let it go, tap it and let it go, it's almost like the signal warms up the longer you hold the button. So if I have it on three and I push it and let it go, push it and let it go, it's not going to feel as intense as if I hold it down for two seconds. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So we're going to need to put it up higher. And I would suggest, and, and this is a general rule of thumb that I apply across the board, is we back up the training a little bit. Okay. Um, because all dogs have maintenance. All dogs have good and bad days. And I think huskies are probably one of the dogs that need the most maintenance, okay? They're always looking yeah. for an angle, you know, because I remember some of the stories you told me about how he was doing some kind of duck and weave thing where he was avoiding. <laughs> he was pretty smart. But anyway, so you probably want to go back to putting him on a long line yeah, and use the long line and the remote collar the way we're doing it and just redo everything and raise the bar on what you expect from him. So, you know, yep. you don't get to tell him twice. You don't ever take him out there without the e-collar, period. And right now, put the e-collar and the long line on him. Okay, yeah. Okay? 
Yeah. So so why don't you yeah, try just, doing all of that? I mean, one of the advantages that I have in talking to you is that as I'm telling you this, I think you're going to know more what I'm talking about. If I tried to yeah. do this from scratch with somebody that didn't have some background with the training, it'd be a little harder to answer. But that having been said, I would tell you that uh, if that doesn't make enough sense to you and you need more input on that, why don't you contact me off the air and I can spend a little more time giving you a few more details. Yeah, no problem, because even the stay, sometimes I can get him to stay while the animal is doing it without the collar. Just he's like I said, all his other commands are great. It's just that one thing that we're still having problems. Okay, with. well, I but I think that I uh, he's fall. You're you're falling into the trap of when he did well, you thought to yourself, "Oh, good, now I can give him more freedom than he should have." I mean, he really with him, I don't think he should ever be loose without having some kind of backup collar on him. Right. And just, you know, no matter how good he gets, he could be good for three months and then say, oh, you know what? Today is the day. <laughs> OK. Oh, yeah. And so you don't want to do that. He's just not yeah. that kind of a dog. Most Huskies aren't. Um, so, you know, I just I would just kind of go back. I think he gave him a little bit too much freedom. And I think that's what the problem is. OK. OK. Uh, yep. That sounds great. All right. And as I say, if you need more help, just you know how to get in touch with me. Right. Yes. And. Just so everyone knows, like I said, Yeti was out of control, and you did a great job helping me, and I'll recommend you to anybody. And you, you. D- and you did a great job following through, because not everybody has the patience that you have, and you've always had good relationships with your dog. So it wasn't just me. It was teamwork. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Take care, RJ. Thanks for you calling. You too. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's talk to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm okay. Hanging in there. What can I help you with today? Well, I, I'm just really curious. Um, I had, uh, my dog is deceased now, but he, um, we trained him, like you mentioned earlier, on command to go to the bathroom outside. Yes. And he was really good at it. He would do it, and we'd take him out as often as possible, and yet immediately, not immediately, but within a half hour of being in the house, he would go to the bathroom somewhere in the house. Okay. And he just went outside, and it was always near the human bathroom. It was always <laughs> by the human bathroom near there. Is this happening so, now? Just, is this still happening? No. Well, he's deceased now, but oh. I've been curious because he he was always very stealthy about it. And my other dog would then bring us to that spot. And, and show, show you? It's like tattletale? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Uh, sometimes dogs will do that because they're marking. And it might not have to do with that he actually had to pee again. He might just have liked the idea of leaving his scent there. Okay. So that could be it. Uh, sometimes dogs have urinary tract infections and they, and that affects how frequently they have to go or they have kidney issues or something like that. Could be health related. Uh, some dogs just pee a lot. <laughs> um, and I, I had a dog that he was probably, uh, the worst dog in terms of being a housebroken dog, but the amount of regimentation he needed because not only would he not ask to go out, if you said, Sammy, let's go out, he would not want to go out. He'd run away like, no, I don't have to go out. What are you nuts? And then I'd make him go out anyway, and he had to go out. 
And then usually a half an hour later, I'd have to make him go out again and he'd have to go again. And I think that I had got him as an adult and uh, I think that he was kind of passed around a little bit. And I think that he was got in trouble and people were getting angry with him with his housebreaking. And so he had some anxiety around his housebreaking. But he was a dog that absolutely would not ask to go out, wouldn't even want to cooperate to go out and had to go frequently you know, I've had dogs that uh, their ability to control their pee is horrible. And so, well, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this dog could go like hours without going. Okay. Sometimes. Well, again, you know, he's not here, unfortunately, for us to yeah. really figure out exactly what was going on. But some dogs like to mark. So, you know, if I was trying to figure out, is he trying to mark? I might want to know when he does go outside, does he pee here, pee there, pee here, pee there, or does he just pee? Well, you know, it's interesting. Even when he was outside, if anybody was watching him, he wouldn't do it. He would stop. Mm-hmm. He, okay. He was always wanting to do it very like nobody was looking at him. And the same thing in the house. It was always very, <laughs> okay, very like well, I said, stealthy. Did you have him from when he was a puppy? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Did anybody get mad at him for peeing? No, no, because we don't believe that. You know, it's like, okay. if, you know, it's better to... You well, know, I think them. the, you know, I I have to go to a hard break in a second here, but just I think the big takeaway here is there's a lot of reasons why a dog might be having problems like that. It, yeah. I mentioned some of them. It could be marking. It could be that he didn't really know he was supposed to go outside and maybe <laughs> he would need to get really jollied up and yay, well, PBS, I woo. So he started to feel good about it. That might have been yeah. the case too. But, you know, there could be a lot of reasons. And when I try and figure out problems, I try to narrow down what it could be because it isn't one size fits all well we got to go to a hard break so thanks for calling and thanks for tuning right, well, thank in thank you Be right back I okay appreciate Standing on the corner with the low-down blues Great big hole in the bottom of my shoes Honey, let me be your salty dog Let me be your salty dog Or I won't be your little man at all Honey, let me be your salty dog Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this Behavior Edition, and we do have lines open. So if you'd like to call into the show, you are certainly welcome to at 860-522-WTIC. Again, 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC or again, the 800 966 WTIC. And as I always reach out to people to let them know that maybe you can't get to the phone, maybe you don't want to be on the air, but maybe you might want to talk to me, uh, you can check my website for contact information, which is lauriefassdogtraining.com. So um, one of the things that I was touching on before is just the idea that uh, if I'm trying to figure out what is going on in a particular situation. There's so many different variables. There's so many different things that it could be. Uh, An animal could be doing something just 
because they feel like it because they're deliberately uh, choosing to do it. I, I've had dogs that will look right at me and pee on the wall like, yeah. What do you think about that, sucker? <laughs> and then I have dogs that are nervous. They're peeing. They have no idea why they're peeing or they're, they don't have control over it and it's uh, shyness or anxiety related. Two entirely different things. So if you say, oh, my dog pees on the floor, why? Well, I don't know why. <laughs> there could be, And it could be a health issue. So sometimes I have to really ask a lot of questions. Sometimes it's relatively obvious off the bat, and sometimes it's not. And uh, sometimes I have to think about it. We have to try different things. But, no, it's sort of like uh, figuring out a puzzle. Okay, let's see what Bruce has to say. Hi, Bruce. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, listen, you may or may not remember the call. It was about like eight to ten months ago I called and First, I had a question about um, the raw diet. You were very helpful with that. But I had a, a, a pit bull that I was pretty—I was thinking that I might have to give up, and I didn't really want to give her up. Okay. And and um, and you know, you kind of talked to me because I, I asked you about like, you know, how dogs learn with separation. Would she get over it? Yeah. You know, and you explained to me that there would be an adjustment period, but she would. Anyways, long story short, um, I did not have to give her up. And I wanted to thank you for your advice and, and kind of being for me at, at that. You know, that, that would have been a very difficult decision for me. And yeah. you were very helpful. Okay. Well, I'm happy to be helpful. It's always nice to know that I'm helpful than annoying, which I might be that sometimes too. I don't know. But I'm glad it worked out uh, with you and your dog. And, and thanks for sharing that with me. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's see. We're going to go to Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What's up? Good. I've been talking about three years. I want to give you a uh, report on Mr. Tucker, the pup that you saved for being returned about. He's coming up on his ninth birthday. Oh, wow. But he's turned out to be great. Everything worked out well, so I'm giving you a progress report. Okay. Now, did you take some lessons or my classes, or did I just talk to you? Yeah, we took, we took your classes. He's a... He's a uh, he's a newfie that you said you should try you should try to save him. Oh right, he's okay. A, he's a kind, gentle dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were right; it just took a while to get him turned around. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of times when dogs go through all different kinds of changes, and you know they don't understand what's going on, and then they do things, and we think they're doing it on purpose, or they're irretrievably crazy and sometimes I think I'm irretrievably crazy but <laughs> I hang in there anyway <laughs> so um, okay well that's good I'm, it's amazing I don't think I've ever had a show where I've had this many people call into the show that are people that I've that I've known or helped yeah, or worked yeah. with so <laughs> this show is going to make a record for that the funniest thing is uh, about Tucker we uh, you recommended one of those collars that uh, that kind of cuts into the skin it cuts in tight or just grabs, grabs. You mean a prong collar? A prong collar. Yeah, it doesn't really now cut. All, it's grabby. It's grabby. To, all we have to do is take it out. And he, it's like a sigh of assignation, and he, he doesn't, you don't have to, don't have to put it on. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, different collars will help with different dogs in different situations. There's no collar that's good or bad. It's just how you're using it, and that's what we have to figure out. Uh, keep up the good work. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay. 
Thanks. Take care. Okay, Bye-bye. you take care too. Bye bye. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. As I said, I don't think that I've ever had a show where I've had three different people call in that, or was, that might even be four. I don't know. I'd have to count that. But that's unusual. Well, thanks for all the follow up, you guys out there calling into the show. Um, so. If you want to call and I've never talked to you, that's fine, too. Most of the time, that is the case. But uh, I think we're going to go to a break, and then uh, we'll be right back. I got an old tomcat And when he steps out All the other cats In the neighborhood They begin to shout. There goes a ring-tailed dog strutting round the town. And if you got your heat turned up, you better turn your damper down. Hello. Welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. You're listening to Lori Fass on this Behavior Edition. And if you have any questions about your dog or your cat, or maybe some other animal. Uh, the numbers to call in are 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Um, I talk a lot about dogs. I'm a professional dog trainer, so obviously that is the main thing that I do. But I've actually had cats longer than I've had dogs, and I'm, I have almost always had dogs and cats together. And I don't know that there – I'm trying to think if there was a time – there was just a very short time since I've been 10 years old that I haven't had a cat in my life. And I currently have just one cat, which uh, lives with um, my four dogs. And um, I, when my last of my older set of cats passed away, I just knew that there's so many cats that are in need of homes that I figured sooner or later there was going to be a cat. And I didn't need to go looking for a cat. And sure enough, that is what happened. Um, a friend of a friend of my son's found this little kitten that had been abandoned in the park, half dead. And she was able to coax it over. And uh, they were kind of hiding it in the car. I think they were afraid to tell me about it. <laughs> and so uh, she was probably about three months old uh, when they found her. And uh, she literally could do nothing but eat and collapse. She couldn't even climb up on a chair. And so she was kept segregated in a room probably for a month until she really got her strength up. And uh, I don't remember how many dogs I had at the time. I think I had five dogs at the time. And I was very concerned that having had the terrible experience that she had and having been segregated from my dogs for so long that she might have trouble adjusting. Um, but nope, she didn't have any trouble adjusting. Um, she, you know, gradually came out, got used to all of the dogs. And of course my dogs are used to cats, so they wouldn't be overly overbearing or scare her too much other than just being an annoying dog. Um, and now she kind of struts around and uh, acts like she owns the place, which, of course, a lot of cats are known for doing. 
But what is uh, really entertaining is that uh, the puppy that I have, whose name is Arrow, again, he's about three and a half months old, um, has this game that he plays with the cat where he'll follow the cat around and stalk the cat and creep up on it really slowly and then the cat will jump out and swat him in the head and she doesn't claw him but uh, she just kind of pats him in the head and then he kind of gives a little yipe he's not hurt but he you know he's kind of dramatic and then he runs away and you know hides for a second either under the chair or behind a piece of furniture and peeks out and then he kind of does it again he stalks her really slowly and she knows she absolutely knows that he is doing this and i i'm pretty sure she thinks this is a fun game too because uh the other day um, when Arrow was curled up in a little ball sleeping, she came and sat right down next to him and was looking at him sleeping. And so I mean, it looks like she's terrorizing him, but he keeps doing it. So obviously, you know, he thinks it's fun. As, as I say, he's kind of melodramatic. Uh, one day, though, he took a wrong turn into the kitchen and he was in the back of the kitchen. He didn't have a piece of furniture to hide behind. It was kind of an open space. And she had him cornered. But I mean... As I say, cornered is all very relative. Uh, and uh, he was, oh, and again, very melodramatic. And then, of course, he was able to duck past her. It's it's very entertaining. It's really funny. Um, years ago, I had a, uh, a Newfoundland puppy, and Newfoundland puppies are kind of clumsy. You know, it takes them a little while sometimes to negotiate stairs or move around uh, tight spaces. And uh, I had a, a kitten, a young cat at that time. Probably the cat was probably about a year old, I'd say. And she would on purpose do things to this dog where she would get him to chase her up the stairs. And then when he was halfway up the stairs, she'd run back down the stairs, jump off the side of the stairs and wait for him. And while he was coming down, she'd swat him. And another one of her favorite tricks to pull on the dog would be she'd get him to chase her underneath the coffee table. And now here's this kind of clumsy Newfie puppy half in and out half out of the coffee table, she'd now jump on top of the coffee table and start swatting him in the rear while he was trying to come out the other side. <laughs> and again, it was very funny. And uh, some of the games that uh, dogs and cats will play with each other is, is, you know, kittens and puppies and playing with kittens and puppies together are quite entertaining. Sometimes they knock stuff over and it gets destructive, but uh, it's pretty funny. I'm enjoying it in any case. So, um, one of the things I was going to have a guest, uh, probably a couple of months ago, and I, I can't think of what her name is, which is terrible, but anyway, it ended up, it didn't work out. We didn't have her on the air. Um, but she, her, she had a book where she was trying to, uh, tell people how to start their own, uh, dog walking or dog sitting business. And, uh, I was interested in her kind of trying to share with people what to look for if they're looking for a dog walker or a dog sitter. Um, because I don't know how many people are actually wanting to start a business, maybe more than I think. But uh, the reason I had asked her that was because um, I had somebody that I had just recently worked with, and um, she 
had a, a horrible experience. I, I never even heard of such a thing. It was crazy. She went on vacation and she hired a pet sitter to come into her home. And uh, apparently the pet sitter became afraid of, I guess there were two dogs, and she was, got afraid of one of the dogs. And this particular dog, uh, when it was alone, was supposed to go in a crate and she couldn't get it back in the crate. So she left the dog loose in this, it was in a condo. And apparently the dog then went over to the sliding glass doors and pawed them open and then got loose and then was running around for hours and eventually came back through the sliding glass doors themselves. But, you know, in the meantime, we've got four or five hours of who knows where this dog is. So then when the dog finally did come back, uh, she wasn't able to leash the dog. She wasn't able to get the dog back in the crate. So she put the dog somehow lured the dog into a bedroom. Uh, I don't know. I think she maybe put pee pads down. And this was a good-sized dog, not a pee pad type of a dog, and uh, put food and water in there. And that's where the dog stayed for, the I don't know, if it was a day or two days. And, um, and in the meantime, the dog was getting all panicked, and the woman was getting all panicked, and it, it sounded really pretty nuts to me. And, um, you know, I, I had said to the particular person who I was there for training that that is not normal. <laughs> that is not what I would expect from, uh, you know, somebody who is a pet sitter or a dog walker. And uh, we got on the topic of uh, how many people are doing this. And she pointed out to me that there are two online companies that I'm just going to call out by name because I didn't even really know they existed. And uh, one of them is called Bag, and it uh, connects you with dog walkers. And the other one is Rover, which connects you with dog walkers or dog sitters. Now, if you look up those companies kind of first glance and look up reviews, you're going to see a lot of good reviews. But on further examination, I realize that the reviews are for people who are working for the company, not the people that are using the company, okay? So in other words, if, if you want to just get a, a job, pet sitting or dog walking, there's very little criteria necessary for you to get a job with one of these companies. Um, but kind of the reverse of that is what they end up producing is people to do these jobs are not particularly good either. And I, d I don't know if this particular woman that I had mentioned before that had this horrible experience, I didn't ask her if she got uh, the, her pet sitter from one of those companies. But I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to get a dog walker or a dog sitter, probably you don't want to do that. Go through one of those places. And the woman who was going to come to do interviewing had certain criteria. For example, um, they should have references. They should be insured. Um, they should be have references from, you know, professionals like trainers or veterinarians or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying that there's so many different things going on out there that I really had no idea until I met the woman that I met for training and she uh, shared her awful experience and then it was pointed out to me that there are these other companies that pretty much anybody can work for 
that you got to really be careful. Uh, But a lot of times when people say to me that uh, they want to have someone come into their home and watch their dog if they're not there, if they're doing that or if you are considering doing that, you have to have a dog who is very mild-mannered, easygoing, and isn't going to panic with the schedule change and the person change uh, because – you know, if, if you have somebody coming in sporadically and the dog is not comfortable with that person, that's two things that are going to get your dog all upset. And so under those circumstances, you might even be better off just putting your dog in a kennel. It's safer. It's more secure. And even though you might like the idea of your dog being at home, unless you're really sure that it's going to work out, uh, I think it could end up being much worse, which is a little different than uh, if you have a cat. I mean, obviously, a lot of things Things can go wrong with somebody who's uh, babysitting your cat, but I don't think cats require the same kind of constant supervision and attention, particularly if your dog has to go out for bathrooming. (laughs) Most cats will use the litter box and are okay with that, but uh, I just thought that that was an interesting point that um, a lot of these places that appear online to be something a little bit more reputable than they really are, that I'm just cautioning people that uh, I can't really recommend either of those companies. They seem to really sketchy to me. And uh, after hearing this other woman's experience, that kind of go double on that one. So I don't know if anybody's had any experiences like that. But, uh, you know, I'm just telling people to be very, very careful. So anyway, um, I was talking earlier about... uh, puppies and housebreaking and all of that kind of thing. And uh, I think sometimes people will say to me, and this might not even necessarily uh, be with housebreaking, but I guess what I'm trying to say is people want their dog to be trained. And what does that even mean? Uh, people will call me and say, my dog is trained. They already are trained. My dog doesn't need any training at all. But then they'll proceed to tell me all the horrible things that their dog is doing. And so... Um, For instance, I had referenced a dog that I had had. His name was Sammy, and he had a lot of going out to use the bathroom trauma. And so he was trained. He was housebroken. But if I didn't diligently take him out and supervise him and make him go out multiple times a day, if I waited for him to tell me he had to go out, if I let him out three, even four, maybe even five times a day, that wouldn't be enough. So if I expected him to adhere to some other protocol that some other animal might, then he wouldn't be trained. And I hear that a lot. Um, You know, well, my other dog did this and my other dog did that. Well, that's great, but that's not the animal that you have right now. And uh, this applies to basic commands. People say, well, my dog knows all their basic commands and then proceed to give me an entire laundry list of all the times that their dog will not listen to them. And knowing when you don't feel like it, knowing when you're distracted, knowing when you really need them to do it is entirely different. And, uh, Again, people have a tendency to describe what their dog is doing completely different from what is actually going on. So it's really common for people to tell me that their dog is acting aggressive because they're scared. And they're not scared. They're, the dog is latching onto people's legs. How scared is it? It's obviously not scared. It would be running away if it was scared. 
Then I had the opposite where someone told me that they had a big male Akita and it was very aggressive. And uh, upon further questioning, I found out the dog was hiding in the closet and wouldn't come out of the closet. And when they were trying to get the dog out of the closet, the dog would growl because he was scared. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he was a big male Akita. And maybe if you're trying to reach in the closet, that might be scary. But I pointed out to them if he was that uh, aggressive and that intimidating, you might be calling me from your closet. And uh, so, you know, when people try to decipher behavior, uh, when people give me interpretations rather than details of exactly what's going on, it's often not right. So that's what I try to do is try to put this all together, make some kind of sense, come up with some kind of answers. And uh, as I say, that's that's what the show is for, and that's what my business is for, and that's about going to wrap it up for today's show. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Take care now.